Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Kevin Frender of Black Dog LED, where he serves as Chief Technology Officer and Chief Science Officer. Kevin's been growing indoors under artificial lights in Colorado for over 25 years, using every commercially available lighting technology along the way. Over the years, he's grown thousands of different kinds of plants, from lettuce, peppers, and tomatoes, to mangoes, orchids, and water lilies, all without the sun. Over four years ago, Kevin turned his hobby into a full-time job when he joined Black Dog LED. I certainly have an excess amount of tomatoes in my backyard right now. We can't give them away fast enough. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Uh, So in addition to growing all kinds of things uh, using artificial lights. Let's learn more about your background, experience, maybe other things that you've done before getting involved in cannabis. Well, I've always had uh, two real main interests uh, ever since I was three years old, uh, computers and plants. And um, I've always done both of them as a hobby all through high school. When it came time to go to college and, and pick a career, One seemed like it had a clear path forward that would guarantee me a better career, better paying career. Um, So I went into software development and did that for 20 years, worked on web server software and, um, excuse me, got into that at a perfect time, uh, right as the World Wide Web was really starting. So had 20 great years of watching the web actually go from something that only a couple hundred people used um, to something that revolutionized the world. Oh, wow. Absolutely. So you're hanging out with Al Gore there for, for a few years, inventing the internet for us all. Thank I, you much. I actually worked on his pet project, the uh, Globe program for a little while. So yes. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, I know everyone jokes that, you know, Al Gore invented the internet. Um, it, it's it's a really amazing tool and and to get to work on on that kind of early stage development of what is something that we all rely on so much now is really cool. Nice. Um, So working in technology and growing plants seem like two completely opposite ends of the spectrum, to be honest. So how, how did you get involved in cannabis? How did that happen? I found myself spending, as a lot of software developers do, inordinate numbers of hours every day staring at a computer screen and uh, gardening and uh, playing with plants has always been one of my hobbies. And it's a perfect hobby to get you up and moving around and uh, get away from the computer screen. So it was a wonderful compliment for that. And working in the software industry, I was being paid fairly well, so I was able to afford 
um, expanding my hobby beyond what most people do to the point where I have a 12 by 15 foot room in my basement, for example, um, that I've been running uh, plants under artificial lights now. Some of the plants in there actually were started in previous incarnations and other places um, and have never seen the sun in their entire lives in over 30 years now they've been growing under artificial lights. So in my quest to find the best kinds of lighting to get the best results out of my hobby, I would try every technology on the market. Um, HID, of course, I started off with fluorescent lighting and moved to HID and tried out plasma and tried early LEDs. And um, that's how I ended up eventually getting involved with Black Dog LED. Tried one of their lights and uh, it worked better than anything else I'd ever tried before. Oh, cool. So you are a customer, a hobbyist customer of the company that you now work for. Yep. And I believe I was actually their uh, largest customer at the time. Once I had tested one of their lights, I got a few more and then replaced all of my lighting. And and um, I was their biggest customer at the time when I joined the company. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I've definitely seen the Black Dog uh, exhibitor booths at NCIA's conferences over the years. Um, and, and you guys are local here in Colorado as well. So it's nice to, to run into you guys from time to time during non-pandemic, non-social distancing uh, times for sure. Um, so I'm, sh I'm sure that process as a hobbyist, you know, you're using the World Wide Web to do research, I guess, but there's a, a trial and error, you know, process there of certain plants like certain lights at certain temperatures and you know did, did you lose any plants along the way because they just didn't like the light oh I've killed thousands of plants I've killed more plants than most people have ever tried to grow <laughs> um, part of my problem too is that I'm not just interested only in one kind of plant I've always been interested in all sorts of nifty weird plants carnivorous plants and uh, oh. one of my current things is growing tropical fruit that you simply can't buy at any price in the stores here, uh, things that just doesn't ship and things like that. So when you're trying to fit a mango tree or a mango steam tree into your seven foot tall basement, mm -hmm. there are additional complications there. <laughs> Tell me about some of the rare uh, tropical fruits. I'm super curious. I would bet I've got the largest mango steam tree in Colorado. It is five feet tall. It is eight years old. Uh, mango steam are just now starting to show up in supermarkets occasionally here in the United States, but they were still picked two weeks ago and they were irradiated. And everyone I've ever had in the grocery stores here tastes nothing like what they taste like when you pick them off the tree in Hawaii or um, Central America. So I, I've got a bunch of uh, fruit-like mangosteens that you can't get. Uh, one of my favorites is actually called Miracle Fruit, which plays with your sense of uh, taste perception, blocks all sense of sour, and makes everything that would normally taste sour activate your sweet taste buds. So after eating a Miracle Fruit, you can bite it into a raw lemon and it tastes like the best lemonade you've ever had, no sugar added. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I'm definitely going to Google the miracle fruit for sure. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for thanks for walking me through that. Uh, there are definitely some limited choices available here in the grocery store. So it's mostly just blueberries and cherries for me. But 
um, maybe I'll venture off and try to find one of those funny looking fruits that I've never eaten before and see if I can figure out how to cut it open. <laughs> There's a um, lot of good ones out there that most people, I mean, for example, jackfruit, which is unfortunately way too big to grow in a basement, hmm. but uh, jackfruit is starting to show up in stores now and people don't realize juicy fruit gum is jackfruit flavored gum. So if you like juicy fruit gum, you'll like jackfruit. Oh, I think I've heard jackfruit being used as a meat substitute for vegetarians and vegans. Less ripe or unripe jackfruit has a milder flavor and it has a texture very much like meat. Oh, okay, cool. Got it. Well, thank you for that. And so here we are, modern day. You're working with Black Dog LED, which serves the cannabis industry, uh, growing cannabis. Let's Let's talk more about your role there. You have dual roles, chief technology officer and chief science officer. What do you do there and what's going on with Black Dog this year? Um, I do most of the research in terms of actually growing plants under different light intensities in terms of different light spectrums, um, figuring out what tweaks we need to make, what we should recommend to our customers, um, and then also do provide a lot of customer support um, as well as designing the lights themselves in terms of getting the ratios of LEDs correct and hunting down all of the different LEDs we use and getting everything put together for being able to manufacture the lights here in Colorado. Gotcha. Yeah. So is it's just here in Colorado um, or you're serving customers across the United States? We actually ship our lights all around the world. The only continent we have not shipped to yet is Antarctica. Um, so we ship them all around the world. We've got distributors now in uh, Australia, Europe, uh, Israel, Japan, New Zealand. Uh, so we ship all around the world, but the lights are made here in Colorado. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, and I would say, Kevin, yeah, keep talking unless I highlight the next question, because it seems like you, you've got very, very short, concise answers, but we need to fill nine minutes. I can fill up the time. I can go into more and more. I mean, the, the wonders of Miracle Fruit, how the FDA wants to ban it or uh, tried to ban it because the sugar industry lobbied them to back in the 50s. Or, I mean, there's all sorts of fun cool. stuff out there. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting anecdote. Okay, so um, the last thing I asked you was about what's going on at the company. So let's just do another minute and a half. I, of yeah, I can going continue on going on that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, 10 seconds of silence and then just jump jump right in. Okay. And one of the things I've been working on uh, starting in 2020, just before COVID-19 hit, is setting up our uh, expanded research facility in our office in Colorado, where we're actually growing hemp, as a lot of our commercial customers do indoors, and uh, doing all sorts of different grow tests on that to determine not just ideal lighting uh, technologies and methodologies, but also growing technologies and methodologies to use with production of hemp or um, cannabis indoors. Because a lot of co commercial customers would love to know and they'd love to be able to do these large-scale tests on their own, but they can't afford to lose half their crop if, in fact, something is wrong with the methodology that you're testing. And so they're not willing to do that, but we can. And so we've set up our own hemp research facility where we're running large-scale tests now to test out not just lighting, but also different cultivation techniques. 
That's awesome. It's great to see the hemp industry moving and shaking. And I, I really hope we can get to the point where we're we're growing so much hemp that, you know, we'll have facilities that are making hempcrete and textiles and everything else that we say can be made out of hemp. We just We just need the factories at this point. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back to talk more with Kevin from Black Dog LED. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. And we've been talking with Kevin Frender from Black Dog LED. He's the Chief Technology Officer and Chief Science Officer growing cannabis or growing all kinds of plants, really, personally as a hobby, and then moving into work full-time with Black Dog LED. So we know you're in the business of lighting. The cannabis industry uses this heavily, particularly because a lot of facilities grow in controlled indoor environments. And and this is by law in many cases that they have to be indoor. For those of us who don't work in the grow, 
we just know that you turn the lights on and off when you need them. <laughs> but I'd like to learn a little bit more about how the light spectrum is used. And we were kind of alluding to that earlier about how plants use light um, and what other ways it, it helps the plants grow. Absolutely. So, I mean, people found out a long time ago when they first started um, trying to, to grow houseplants indoors that incandescent light bulbs don't really work very well for growing plants. And, and part of the reason is that incandescent light bulbs are just so horribly inefficient. They're better called space heaters. They happen to give off an accidental amount of light. I mean, over 90% of the energy you put into an incandescent bulb comes out in the form of pure heat. And it's hard to grow a plant when you're baking it, um, just trying to give it enough light. So it wasn't until the advent of fluorescent technology that you could actually start growing plants under uh, artificial light inside. And that's when science started doing all sorts of research on what kinds of light spectrums plants need because fluorescent tubes actually have different colors of phosphors in them and uh, the ratio of those phosphors would control whether it was a warm white or a cool white basically whether it had more or less red compared to blue in the spectrum and uh, so scientific research has been going on there for a number of decades now it really got started in the late 40s but um What's really made a lot of fun advancements recently is the ability to get a reasonable cost spectroradiometer. Spectroradiometers are devices which actually break down the actual spectrum of light into its constituent colors and show you the relative strength of each of those colors relative to everything else. And prior to that uh, being more affordable, just in the past 10 years now, most of the scientific researchers even couldn't afford to use one. So they were just kind of guessing at what colors of light they were really giving plants. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, we've learned now, looking back at these old studies, that a lot of the assumptions they made were incorrect. So we're really kind of starting over, not completely, but a lot starting over with researching what different spectra of light, what different colors of light do to plants. One of the and one of the most useful things that we exploit at Black Dog is that you can use the ratio of blue to red light as well as the ratio of red to far red light to control the plant's morphology. That is how it grows. So you can dictate to the plant to grow and grow longer stems. For example, if you're growing bamboo, I can give you a spectrum of light that will give you long, tall bamboo shoots. Huh. Um, if you want something that's got really big leaves like lettuce, I can give you a spectrum that gives you really big leaves and uh, at the expense of stems, flowers, and fruit. For cannabis, though, we don't care about the stems or the leaves. We only care about the flowers. And um, so there's actually a spectrum, a ratio of different colors that you can give plants to discourage them from growing long stems and big leaves and encourage them instead to put more of their energy into producing flowers and fruit. And that's how I got involved with Black Dog because their spectrum just out of the box, even though I wasn't really growing cannabis at the time, I was growing tropical fruit trees, but I needed to keep my tropical fruit trees short and I wanted them to be productive. And when I got my first Black Dog LED, it wasn't just a little bit better than the ceramic metal halide lights I was using at the time. I got 20 times more fruit off of the plants under the Black Dog light than I did off of the plants under the ceramic metal halide just in the first three months. Wow. So it made a huge difference. Um, and people don't realize that a lot of people think that anything that will grow a plant is just as good as anything else. 
And it's true if if all you care about is quote unquote biomass, how much weight the entire plant, including stems, leaves, fruits, flowers, if that's all you care about is the total biomass, pretty much all the lights perform the same. But by controlling the spectrum, you can actually control where that biomass is concentrated, whether it's in the stems, leaves, or flowers. Wow, got it. So yeah, I certainly get the spectrum of Roy G. Biv light uh, from high school science class, but it's it's really cool how that full spectrum is used based on what you're saying. And particularly UV lighting, uh, which I'm extremely sensitive to. I sunburn easily. Uh, it has all sorts of other uses as well, like forensic crime scenes and probably some scary things. But um, how how does the cannabis plant fare with UV light? Well, just like our own skin protects itself from ultraviolet light by uh, producing melanin, the, the compound that makes us turn tan, Uh, Plants in general produce different forms of natural sunscreens to protect themselves from ultraviolet light exposure. So in cannabis plants, that happens to be THC, CBD, and trichomes all protect the plant from ultraviolet light exposure. So by giving it a little bit of ultraviolet light in the spectrum, we're actually able to trigger the plant to create more of the trichomes we want and more of the THC and CBD in those trichomes that we're actually after. So by adding a little bit of ultraviolet light, we get much higher quality. In addition, you mentioned that you're a little bit sensitive to ultraviolet light. Powdery mildew spores are even more sensitive to ultraviolet light than you are. And exposure to ultraviolet light for even just 15, 20 minutes starts killing off powdery mildew spores and grows. Hmm. So we can make plant rooms healthier, um, keep them healthier. And then also ultraviolet light triggers the plants to grow thicker cell walls, which make it harder for piercing, sucking insects, bacteria bacteria, viruses, and fungus to get into the plant to begin with. So ultraviolet light makes for a higher quality, healthier, easier to maintain because you're not having to spray as many pesticides, fungicides, and other things in your grow. And just by adding a little bit of UV light, we get all of these benefits. But we very carefully select the range of ultraviolet uh, wavelengths that we use to only be UVA. So UVA doesn't really cause sunburn. It will indicate to your skin that you're being exposed to UV and you will turn tan, but not nearly as quickly as with exposure to UVB. And UVB is what really causes damage and the sunburn and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah, sounds like a little bit of a steroid boost there. Um, And lighting certainly gives off heat, as you mentioned, which is an important component of growing cannabis. There's temperature management regulation, so you don't want the plant to get too hot. Otherwise, you have to cool things down with HVAC systems. So let's talk about how we can use lights while still keeping that energy conservation issue in mind as as we're continuing to talk about sustainability uh, issues in our industry. Certainly. So one of the unfortunate facts of physics is it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a HID light or fluorescent light, an LED light, even a toaster oven, one watt going into any of those devices creates exactly the same amount of heat in the end. Now, for example, with LEDs, there's some of uh, very specific color LEDs now that are approaching 75% efficiency. So 75% of the light that's, or the energy that's put into the LEDs is coming out in the form of light. The other 25% is waste heat directly at the LED. 
However, when that light hits something in your grow room, it warms up that surface by exactly the same amount. So it doesn't matter what the technology is. One watt is 3.41 BTUs of heat. However, by manipulating the spectrum that we put out, we can control the temperature of the leaf surface itself by either making the plant efficiently absorb that energy and convert it into sugars through photosynthesis, or we can give it less efficient light, things like yellow light, which plants don't really absorb easily. Um, they are perfectly capable of growing with it, but in order to grow with it, they actually have to steal some of the energy from the yellow photons and convert them into a red photon that the chlorophyll can directly use. That excess energy that they steal from it has to be released as something and it gets released as heat. So if you're giving plants yellow light, like HPS lighting or even natural sunlight has a lot of yellow light in the spectrum, the plants can grow with it and they do grow with it just fine, but it happens to warm up their leaves more than if you give them predominantly blue and red light. And so for example, with black dog LED spectrum, uh, because we're leaving out most of the yellow light in our spectrum and really concentrating on the red and blue, plants' leaves stay about 10 degrees cooler under our light than they do under high-pressure sodium light of the same intensity. So by doing that, in order to get the leaves themselves to the same ideal metabolic temperature, because plants are essentially cold-blooded creatures, they can't maintain too much of their internal uh, heat regulation. And so they are dependent on the temperature of their environment to be in that ideal metabolic range, that just right Goldilocks zone. And to maintain the plants under our lights in that just right Goldilocks zone, you actually need to run your grow room 10 degrees warmer than you would with a high pressure sodium light. And that 10 degree increase in your thermostat setting actually saves a huge amount of energy in your HVAC and your air conditioning. In fact, in a lot of the commercial grows where we've been able to independently monitor that, it saves 60% on HVAC. Wow, excellent. Okay, good to know. All right, let's take one more commercial break and then we'll be right back to chat more about lights and growing cannabis with Kevin of Black Dog LED. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Empire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
fetch your earbuds, and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we've been chatting with Kevin Frender from Black Dog LED. He is the Chief Technology Officer and Chief Science Officer based here in Colorado. Um, So I kind of want to mention first that 2020 has been a really weird year um, and very stressful. Uh, There's a lot going on, as I like to say. Um, So our Cannabis Caucus events have been transformed into cyber events as an exclusive NCIA member benefit. Um, Our industry socials, which were really fun, were pushing till next year, unfortunately. Um, And also our national conferences, the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, as well as our regional conferences, they have all been rescheduled for next year into 2021 when hopefully everything is much safer. We have vaccines and the world starts to open up a bit more again uh, when we have this virus under control. But in the meantime, we've been going digital, uh, we've we like I mentioned the cannabis caucus cannabis caucuses have now gone cyber. Uh, we did a few of those in June and we're back in September as well in nine markets starting on September fifteenth. Uh, so if you are an NCIA member listening to the show, head to our website thecannabisindustry.org and check out the event schedule so you can get connected virtually from the comfort of your own home, but with all the same fun networking, education, and music, believe it or not. We still have the live music. (laughs) Um, Also, we have webinars available every single week. We are working with NCIA members who have levels of expertise in various aspects of the industry to bring new learning opportunities every single week in our industry essentials webinars. Some of those are a fee for people to participate in, and all of them are completely free for NCIA members. If you're not yet a member of NCIA, it's a great time to join and absorb all the information that we're throwing out there. So, Kevin, we've already established 2020 is a weird year, but let's let's do some reflection. <laughs> um, it's our 10-year anniversary as an organization. So, 10 years ago, it was the year 2010. You were not yet working at Black Dog LED. Could you have ever predicted that this is what you would be doing now, 10 years later? 
No, 10 years ago, there was no way I would have ever thought I would have pivoted into um, to growing plants and uh, being in a plant growing related industry, let alone the cannabis industry. I mean, I, I never expected cannabis to um, legalize recreationally in my lifetime. And it was right. amazing to see how quickly it went from medical to recreational in a lot of states. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also, even as an activist from the early 2000s, only thought medical would be the pinnacle of, of laws changing that we would reach. So pleasantly surprised, obviously. And even now in the year 2020, it, during the worst of the, the lockdowns and shutdowns, pretty much everywhere where cannabis was legal, it was deemed an essential business. Now that is cool. Super cool. So Let's take that optimism and look into the future, uh, another 10 years. Uh, what are you seeing for our industry 10 years from now when you look into your crystal ball, like between now and the year 2030? Well, I, I think there have been so many changes over just the past 10 years that figuring out what it's going to be like in 10 years is, uh, is beyond me. But I think we're going to see a lot more um, innovation in the industry as well as consolidation of uh, a lot of the the grows that I would go into eight, nine years ago were clearly cobbled together by someone who'd been growing in their closet and they didn't understand how to scale and weren't doing very well to, um, I mean, for example, going up to Canada when they were legalizing recreationally and seeing the massive grows being set up up there and then watching some of those fall flat on their face because they tried to scale too big too quickly. Um, so it's it's been really interesting, but I think we're going to start to see normalization of the industry in terms of a lot more standard practices getting put into place. Hopefully we'll see, uh, for example, the Safe Banking Act get passed by Congress to normalize relations with banks. Yeah, That's one of our biggest issues that we face with not our, only ourselves, but our customers as well. Right. Yeah, that is probably... NCIA's number one issue behind generally legalizing cannabis um, and opening up the industry. Safe Banking Act is, uh, that's our bill. We've, we've been working on it for years and years and our team in Washington, D.C., Michael, Michelle, and Maddie are, are three M's in, in D.C. who are representing the industry year-round, every day. And even though they're not meeting in person uh, with members of Congress and their staffers like they usually would do walking walking around the Senate and House buildings. Um, Congress has adapted to this pandemic lifestyle and they're doing virtual meetings now. Um, so we are continuing to advocate on behalf of the cannabis industry even during these difficult times. Thank you again for being on the show today. We're out of time, but thanks for the education. And it's making me look at my house plants and wondering what I can do to make them a little bit happier. I might take one outside to get some sunshine. We'll see how that goes. Where can people find more about Black Dog LED? It's blackdogled.com. We've actually got a ton of information up there, uh, both on growing cannabis as well as if you're interested in starting your vegetable garden indoors. We've got a ton of information about that as well. And awesome. even growing tropical fruits indoors. So, <laughs> Yes, maybe that'll be my, my next hobby. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.